It is Wednesday, March 14, 2023, and welcome to episode 194 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. We're here today with our oft-appearing special guest, Morgan Vignet, NSI fellow and former chief of staff to the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and me, Jamil Jaffer. So what's the story? Yesterday, two Russian Su-27 flanker fighter jets intercepted and and eventually collided with the tail propeller of an unarmed U.S. MQ-9 Reaper drone over international waters in the Black Sea, forcing U.S. operators of the drone to intentionally ditch that drone in the ocean, uh, and the Russian jet itself uh, involved in the collision ultimately landed safely in Crimea. This incident marks the first time that U.S. and Russian forces have come into direct contact with one another uh, since the beginning of the Russian war on Ukraine, which started over a year ago. Now, the U.S. drone was conducting a surveillance mission, uh, similar to ones conducted daily during the bulk of this conflict, about 75 miles off the south, south, southwest of the Crimean Peninsula, um, an area that's been controlled by Russian forces since the initial invasion of Ukraine over a decade ago. According to U.S. European Command, during the course of the intercept, the Russian flankers were harassing the drone, dumping fuel on top of it in an attempt to apparently mess with its sensors, um, and then, um, you know, flying in front of it to harass the U.S. operators. Um, ultimately, um, the drone uh, the drone did collide, uh, or, the, or the Russian fighters did collide with this drone, um, it's not clear that the Russians were trying to provoke a collision or a confrontation, but it was different than other similar incidents that have taken place, uh, intercepts that have been taken place. Um, and the U.S. State Department referred to the unsafe and unprofessional behavior of the Russian flanker pilots. The Russians, it's worth noting for their part, tell a different story, not shockingly. Uh, they say that um, the U.S. aircraft wasn't broadcasting with this transponder, entered into what they call a temporarily restricted airspace uh, over international waters, they admit, um, uh, as part of their Russian special military operation uh, into Ukraine. And then when intercepted, the, the plane itself just ditched itself, lost power, and, and went into the ocean uh, without them touching it, uh, which, of course, uh, doesn't seem to be at least the U.S. version of the story. Black Sea is important. It's the uh, it's the headquarters uh, of the Russian Black Sea fleet, uh, their their main battleship there. Uh, the Moskova was um, was uh, taken out by Ukrainian missiles early in the conflict. Um, and, you know, this is the first time the Russians have, have mixed it up with U.S. Uh, US planes uh, they've uh, or allied planes. They flew near and uh, they fired a missile near an unarmed British drone. Uh, a few months back um, in October, um, and prior intercepts in, in, in areas like Syria um, have caused near near collisions as well. So, given all this, should we care about this dunked drone, uh, Morgan? And if so, what should we do about it? On the face of it, this just looks like an unprofessional pilot, possibly drunk. You never know with the Russians, but um, <laughs> we'll do it fun. It's all playing games until someone dies, right? Luckily, this time, we only lost a $32 million piece of equipment operating legally in international waters, I might add. But this is also not the first time that the Russian pilots have engaged in unprofessional conduct with respect to U.S. aircraft. Now, last year, Russian aircraft intercepted three Navy aircraft flying over the Med, also in an international airspace. So this incident really just seems par for the course. But what the Russians are doing is risky. And if they keep doing this stupid stuff, it's just a matter of time before one Russian pilot has one too many shots of vodka and the whole situation escalates. <laughs> look, I think it's exactly right. Less, I mean, look, these small escalations, Morgan's right. These, they can turn into bigger conflagrations. You've got, you got Republican presidential candidate or ostensible presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, uh, now out there taking the same position as President Trump, saying we should not get deeper into this Ukraine conflict um, and referring to it as a territorial dispute. I mean, is this about a larger uh, issue? I mean, are we worried about really getting, getting dragged into a fight with the Russians over Ukraine? 
Well, I'd be hesitant to draw too many conclusions about the way forward from this one incident. It does seem to me like it's it's basically an accident. Uh, accidents happen when uh, our folks and our, our our assets are in harm's way in a place like Ukraine. There's no doubt. Uh, but cooler heads are prevailing. I actually think the the White House is kind of smart to downplay this as much as possible, reveal the facts of what happened, and then try not to make a big deal about it. It does indicate that. We are, uh, as Ron DeSantis would say, entangled in Ukraine. Uh, what would the consequences be of further entanglement? That is a totally fair discussion, and it's one that we should be having. I'm not sure that Governor DeSantis is in the exact same place as former President Trump. I think their their positions actually are slightly different. I don't like the implications of we should withdraw. I'm not really sure that's what the governor is saying. I think there's, there's a larger conversation to be had about what the U.S. should be doing with respect to Ukraine. Uh, but in terms of this, this one particular incident. Uh, I think it's something we'll forget about in a, in a week, probably sooner. Well, so I think it's interesting. You know, it is. It does kind of remind us of that, that you know, the 80s uh, original version of Top Gun with, you know, with uh, Tom Cruise, you know, going inverted with that, with that, you know, MiG-29 and keeping up international relations. In this case, the Russians obviously weren't doing that since they were, they were messing with the drone, uh, but they knew that U.S. pilots were watching. So I wonder whether, you know, if in fact the Russians do get more aggressive, if we don't respond and, you know, we leave this to just be a sort of a, a regular incident, are the Russians likely to get more aggressive? And if they if they do, are they trying to draw us into the conflict? Is that what they want? Because they think there's not political support in the U.S. Is that is that the Russian play here, Les? I mean, what do you think? Here's what the Russians want to do. They want to distract us from us providing what the Ukrainians need to prevail on the battlefield. This incident is not material to the to the issue at hand. The issue at hand is, are we giving the Ukrainians what they need to fight back to defend their country? Let's focus on that. The Russians would love to talk about anything else because they're getting their butts kicked on the battlefield on a regular basis, and they want to distract the world with other things. Let's not let them. What about that, Morgan? Is, are, are, the, are, the, are, the Russians, uh, are the Russians worried about what's happening on the battlefield, and are we providing the Ukrainians with what they need to win? You know, uh, I, I agree with everything Wes just said. Um, I would only add that I don't think that we should necessarily get bogged down in the pettiness of hitting the Russians back every time this happens. But I think the Biden administration does need to send a message that this is not acceptable behavior. Um, and we need to do so through a proportionate response. And I'm not talking necessarily about downing one of their drones, but in, in some other way, potentially through um, another means like cyber or something like that. And we just need to do so in a way that doesn't necessarily escalate the situation, um, but just really send a message to stop messing with us. Yeah, look, it would be a real right. shame, Jamil, if some of yeah. Russia's uh, technical equipment just stopped working, you know, in Crimea or somewhere else. It'd just be a real shame if something like that happened. I don't know who did it, but it'd be a real shame. I mean, so I, I, don't, I don't disagree that we should we should respond in some way, but I think it is silly to respond and not make it clear it was us or, not, or you know, oh, it's so mysterious how this stuff didn't start working. We need to be, when we, if we wanted to deter you have to you have to make clear to the enemy that you've done it, right? You also have to make clear to the rest of the world that you're responding because deterrence doesn't work if you don't do it effectively. I think this this whole little this whole covert clandestine type of activity that we engage in all the time is we're too afraid of our own shadow is a bunch of BS. It doesn't work for deterrence. It certainly it might might work against the adversary, but not against the real players. Unless you're shaking your head. I think I think people. Uh, smart people who matter, who are paying attention to Ukraine, aren't paying attention to this event. They're paying attention uh, to what's happening around Bakhmut and on the ground in in eastern Ukraine. And are the Ukrainians getting what they need from the West to win? That's what they're paying attention to. That's where the real deterrence is. And is the answer yes or no on that? Uh, we could do a little bit better. Morgan? 
I think the Russians will know if their equipment goes offline who did it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Alcon and Rachel Domino from NSI and Claude Jennings for the help producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday for another great episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart, fast on the national debates, shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks all.